Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, it's the holiday season, and the holiday season can be daunting and, and difficult for many people with a chronic illness. And one of the things I wanted to talk about is when you ask for help, it can be a gift to others. And today we have a very special guest, Tony Bernhard. She's the author of two books. She wrote How to Live Well with a Chronic Illness, and she also wrote the great book How to Be Sick. And I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the show, Tony. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, in one of your books, you you covered asking for help can be your gift to others. And can you just explain a little bit, you know, why you decided to cover this chapter? Well, it's interesting. This is a chapter in my new book, How to Live Well with Chronic Pain and Illness. And it was originally titled just, you know, How to Ask for Help. But as I was writing it and telling and a couple anecdotes about my experience with uh, having to learn myself to ask for help because I've been chronically ill for 14 and a half years and am severely limited in what I can do. As I was actually editing the chapter, I realized that the skills I was trying to teach about asking for help, that the people I was asking, it was a gift to them from me because it gave them some way to help me through my illness. They can't make me well. (laughs) They can't take me places because I'm pretty much housebound. There's so much that they can't do for me that when I do finally get up the, I'm still teaching myself, get up the nerve to ask for help, they jump at it because, and, and that's when I realized that It's really a gift I'm giving them. It's the gift of allowing them to do something to help me through the challenges of being chronically ill. You know, I recently had a hospital say, and several people texted me and said, if you need anything, let me know. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, it is. They want to be helpful. And then I often don't know what to ask them to do. And, you know, then I'm such a strong person, like I don't need the help. And then, you know, I need so much help that I don't know how to ask. So I don't know how to parse it out in small little things, especially when recovering. Can you just go to the store for me? Because that would allow me to do something else. And have you found that you wait till you just can't handle anymore instead of being a little bit more sightful in your needs? I've I've had to teach myself to ask for help because we tend in this culture to think of that as a sign of weakness, mental weakness. And yet, if you think about it, when somebody asks you for help, you don't think, oh, they're weak to need help. And yet, we're so reluctant to ask ourselves. And the example you gave where people texted and said, let me know if there's something I can do really struck a chord because there's a chapter in the book on what the chronically ill that don't want people to say to them. I'm acknowledging that these are people with the best intentions. One of the things we don't want people to say is, let me know if there's something I can do because we're unlikely 
to follow up on that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they call and say, I go to the grocery store every day. Is there something I can pick up for you? Then we're likely to say, oh, yeah, I need this, this, and that, because we don't feel we're imposing since they're already going to the store. Right. So this is more about, this is more of a message to those uh, potential helpers right. that it really helps us if you can be specific in what you're offering. And then from our point of view, the, the fact is that most people aren't going to be specific. And so I kind of, in the chapter on asking for help, I uh, kind of lay out some steps for people to learn. It's almost like a, a it's a learned skill because we just right. don't know how to do it. And I suggest that people make a list mm-hmm. of what they might need help with, especially around the holidays. Maybe you might do your shopping online, but maybe you need help with wrapping gifts. Putting up your decorations because decorations make me happy. Yeah. So I recommend that people make a list of what they need help with. Mm-hmm. Because for one thing, we tend to think it should be obvious to other people what we need help with, but it isn't. It's unlikely a friend is going to think, they may know that we're really struggling with our health, but they may not think, oh, well, that must mean it will be hard for her to put up the Christmas decorations. (laughs) Right. It just doesn't occur to them. Right. So make a list and then write down the names of family members and friends who might be willing to help. You know, a good starting point would be those people the names of those people who've texted you and said, let me know if there's something I can do. And then do some matching because there may be, you know, if we stick with the Christmas decorations or holiday decorations, there may be people who you know, well, that just wouldn't be their thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? like you'll be frustrated. All the all the uh, ornaments will be lopsided. Yeah. <laughs> or they're not, they don't celebrate holidays right. the way I do. Or, <laughs> I'll ask know. my Jewish friend to come put up my Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, so do some matching. Think I, about which people might be the right person to ask for that task. And... Of course, then comes the tough part, which is the asking. And, you know, I would pick something on your list and pick a person where you're pretty much guaranteed of success because when we succeed in something, it gives us the the nerve to try it again. It, it Contact is. that person and, and, you know, be direct. No passive, oh, I wish there were someone I knew who'd put up my holiday decorations. <laughs> Right? Exactly. That's the kind of passive way to go about it. Uh, and simply say, you know, you offered to help and I appreciate it so much. Here's something that would really help me out. Right. You, you know, and, and then ask. The odds are really high that you're going to be successful. If you strike out, you strike out. Uh, that happens in life all the time in every way that we don't get what we want or that we're disappointed and try not to take it personally. It could be the person just um, is too busy and it's. we tend to think everything is about us, but 
it's usually about what's going on in the other person's life. Well, I know where I need help, and you know, it's it's tricky because sometimes when I have to have surgery or I have like follow-up appointments right after the surgery, and it's driving to doctor's appointments, and or you're having something done where you can't drive home, and my husband, you know, he can get time off from work. You can get family medical leave, which we're lucky he has that. But it is, it's kind of like that's where I probably need the most help, and I have asked friends who have said yes, but it is, it's like, you know, I don't want to have to have them get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to take me somewhere. So I start thinking about, well, it's not really a fun thing for them to do. Or, you know, we can't go have lunch afterwards because I'm going to be, you know, recovering from anesthesia. And isn't it just our nature to think of the other person? I mean, I'm thinking of the other person and I'm the one that's going to have to have surgery. I know. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, something you said kind of stuck in my mind, which is, it's not like a fun thing for them to do and we won't get to have lunch afterwards. When those thoughts arise, go back to this idea of you're giving a gift to them. Right. You're no, I am. The, and so it doesn't have to be fun. I, I love it. You know, I make jewelry and I fix jewelry and I always have people coming to me and say, can you fix this necklace for me? And I'm like, sure, no problem. You know, I'll just go in my room. It takes me five minutes. It makes me feel so good that I can help them. And why can't we help, you know, let other people feel good? Like, I just thought of an example. I have this big plant that needs to be repotted and it's pretty large and I'm not, you know, all that skilled at gardening and I don't like to get my hands totally in the dirt because of, um, you know, my immune suppressant drugs. And my neighbor likes to garden and I keep saying, I need to ask my neighbor if she wants to help me. And I never do it. I, I'm like, why am I sitting here waiting? I'm probably, if I, probably be so much fun for her to repot this plant for me. I just keep, you know, procrastinating and procrastinating, and here we go. What's wrong with me, Tony? I can't. Well, listening to you tell that story, my first thought was she would love to be asked. First of all, she she likes to garden. Secondly, it's going to be just like people coming to you to fix their jewelry. Right, I know. It's going to be the same thing. When I finish this interview, I'm going to call her. (laughs) <laughs> I bet you have a to-do list. Well, uh, for myself, but not for others. <laughs> well, put it on there. That's what I'm suggesting. It's a good idea. <laughs> so I have a little list. You know, uh, your name is on the list. You know, Lori calling. Uh, we're going to talk at this date, this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to call the pharmacy because my doctor called in a medication and I want to make sure they filled it before my I send my husband to get it. So I have this list always that sits by my bed. So why don't you put that on your list? And it's going to stare at you until you do, do it. it. I'm going to do that. I'm, I take the Tony challenge. Yeah, yeah. And I think... When I write something down like that, I may still put it off several days, but I get to the point where I just don't want to look at it on the list anymore. I'm the same way. If it's on the list, it gets done. If it's not on the list, it doesn't get done. So put that on your list. I will. See if that will... That'll I bet that will get you to call her. And when you do, remember, just think about your jewelry. I know. And how much you like to help people in that way. 
Well, when I did research for chronically happy, you know, the key to happiness, and, you know, I read all this different information. It boils down to, like, one sentence or two sentences. It's impossible to feel unhappy when you feel appreciated. Yeah, that's beautiful. It, it, it really is. I mean, and, you know, when you're, uh, you know, it is, is when you feel appreciated. When you're helping somebody, you feel appreciated. And, you know, that's the, I guess the next point is that when somebody helps you, you got to say thank you. You can't take them for granted. Um, sure. But, uh, and I've had that happen too. Have you ever had that happen where you've helped somebody before? And then, you know, it, and I, I'm not going to give a specific example, but, you know, they keep asking for help and help and help, and they really don't need the help. And this is probably an example of, you know, maybe a child who wants you to do something or a parent wants you to continually doing something because they can do it for themselves, but they just don't want to do it. And that's when it's kind of crossing the line of of um, asking for help too much, do well, you think? of course, yeah. I mean, you... These are judgment calls you have to make because you want, we want our kids to learn to be self-sufficient and so there's wisdom in knowing not just to be self-sufficient but to try things that they may not be sure they can do because that's how you learn to stretch yourself and so I just, I agree with you. Um, I guess I'm thinking of of a more narrow focus here of those of us who, because of our health limitations, I'm thinking about things that we could do if we were in good health that we simply can't do because of our limitations. And, you know, this kind of takes me into the fact that it's so important to not deny those limitations. Because if you, if we just go ahead and force ourselves you go ahead and force yourself to repot that plant, it may be too exhausting for you. Right. It may be unhealthy for you. You mentioned you don't like to, you shouldn't be getting your hands in the, in dirt because of your immune system issues. So this is really an act of self-compassion. Right. To ask for help, knowing that if you are healthy, yes, this is something you could do. But the fact is you've got health challenges. So I think that one of the ways to get up the motivation (laughs) to ask for help is to recognize that your refusal to ask, to ask for help is really a, a kind, a type of denial of what's going on in your life. I think you're right. I think you should be a therapist at the same time because, <laughs> you know, one of the things that's really interesting is we've done different mentor programs and I know a ne- number of people have done mentor programs around the, the country and we never have a problem falling, f- finding mentors, but sometimes there's not that many mentees around. <laughs> And so, and it's the same thing with a women's organization that I belong to. Uh, we have a mentor program there where women can mentor other women in business. And it seems like the women want to mentor other women, but women don't want to be as many of the mentees. That's and interesting. I know. Yeah. And I find that very interesting because people want to, 
be valued and think they have knowledge, they don't always want to say, hey, you know, I could learn more. And I could I, learn from you. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, you know, this whole interview is based upon of giving the gift of letting somebody help you. Yes. Through knowledge or chores. <laughs> yes. And recognizing your limitations, it, to me, is, is an act of kindness towards yourself, which is, you know, the word self-compassion is, all around us today and really all it means is being nice to yourself, being kind to yourself, treating yourself the way you would treat those you love. I know. You know, you got to treat yourself like you would treat your best friend. That was a breakthrough statement for me in the 90s that I read. And and it had one example that if you're by yourself, what do you make yourself for dinner? And this is when I was single. <laughs> and it was, yeah. it was, it was just an exercise. And, you know, I would, you know, put something together and kind of on the go. But if, <laughs> yeah, or I'd make a sandwich or put a TV dinner in or something like that. And if I had a guest over, what would I make them? And then I like to cook. So, of course, I would just go shopping and I'd just make a nice meal. And, you know, the author suggested that. Why can't you do that for yourself? Yeah, it's beautiful. And. It was. It was like, why can't I treat myself like I would treat my best friend? And yeah. and it is. I think it's a constant, you know. And you um, would want your best friend to ask you for help exactly. if she needed it. Exactly. And I so know. That's the. That's the. Uh, you would want your neighbor to ask you for help right. if she needed it. So that's why you're going to ask your neighbor. Exactly. Rebought my plan. Well, and the thing is, is that, you know, we all look for more meaningful relationships. And when you let somebody help you or you help somebody else, that deepens the relationship between you, period. It does. Because you're one of, one of the, one of the people in the party are being vulnerable. Yes. And when you're vulnerable, you let people see you for who you really are. And um, I go to a group called Toastmasters that I absolutely love. And the reason being, it's a speaking organization where you go and people share their stories. And it's one of my favorite places. It's because people get up and tell their stories. And you learn that, you know, their story. And then you get to see who they really are. And, you know, a lot of times we don't really get to have these meaningful friendships and relationships because we're so so bombarded with, you know, 900 Facebook friends. Right. And how do you get that meaningful one? And it's just nice to see somebody share who they are, where they're from, their family. And you do this through a series of speeches at Toastmasters. I highly recommend everybody go there. It's toastmasters.org. But um, yeah, it's, it's allow, it allows you the opportunity to get to know somebody better, which is a gift to both of you. Yeah, and I, I really like how really what you've added to my step-by-step suggestions in that chapter is the fact that doing all of this can deepen that friendship. Right. Or can be the beginning of a friendship if it's a neighbor who you don't know very well. Right. Or it could end a friendship if they don't pick you up when you need to be at surgery. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, that's unlikely, <laughs> but it, that's true. Yes. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here. But, yeah. you know, you'll get to um, see and make a new friend. Or I've had situations where people have, you know, helped me do different things. And then you have a chance to find out what you have in common. And it's, it's really that's fun. That's really a, a great example of another benefit of of asking for help. 
It is. It is. I have to go get ask my neighbor in a few minutes, but I have a couple follow-up questions. During the holidays, it can be really difficult for people with a chronic illness because there's so much going on, so much of our time and energy. And I know a lot of times I just can't keep up going to a party every night and working all day. And and so what are some of the things that, you know, and I'm, I'm catching you a little bit off guard because you didn't know this was a question, but what are some things about the holidays that people may ask for help? Well, first of all, I think that it's important before you even get to asking for help to take a good hard look at what you reasonably can and cannot do because at least for me if if I do too much it comes back at me in the form of an exacerbation of symptoms or a crash that lands me in bed for days and then I might wind up having to miss what was the most important Event. <laughs> event that was on my calendar. So I think it's important to pick and choose what you're going to do and just say to yourself, if I were well, I could do everything, mm-hmm. but I have some health problems, and so I'm going to have to pick, or ch- pick and choose. And in the end, I'll enjoy the things that I have chosen to do better because I won't be so overextended. So that's the first thing I would Mm -hmm. do. And then, in terms of asking for help, I find it's it's sort of a, a different way of, it's a type of asking for help. I find it helpful to let the host or hostess know your limitations ahead of time. Because, you know, that you, you may not be able to stay for the whole event, or you may come late, you may leave early. Um, and parking, parking. I, I don't know. I always ask the host. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't want to interrupt. But, no, um, that's good. That yeah, you... the parking, because sometimes you go to these parties, and, you know, my husband goes with me, luckily, but sometimes you have to park down the hill. I can't walk up the hill and then be chronically happy at the party. And so, um, you know, I always, where's a good time to park? And then sometimes they'll say, oh, just park in my driveway. And that, like, you know, makes the anxiety go down, especially when I was recovering from hip surgery or knee surgery. And I, yeah. you know, how can you better prepare to enjoy the holidays and um, because it is, it can be stressful and you want to go do everything, but sometimes it just takes too much out of you. Well, yeah, I think that talking to the host or hostess ahead of time, there are two benefits to it. This is a type of asking for help. One is, you know, what you've said that um, they'll understand your limitations and they will be able to help you out in ways that you need to be accommodated. And the other thing is I find that if the people I'm with or the host or the hostess knows my limitations, I'm more disciplined about sticking to them. Mm -hmm. And that's a way that I'm taking care of myself. So if I go somewhere and I know people already know that I, I won't be staying long, I'm much more likely to exercise that crucial self-care by not staying too long than if I go and everyone says, oh my gosh, we're so glad you're well enough to come and you're this, you know, and then I, I overdo it. 
because I don't want to let people down. So it's a kind of self-protective act, I think, um, to let people know ahead of time what your limitations are. Um, I do that. We have Thanksgiving at my house. We have a couple guests, but um, my family's who, who's here, um, they know what I can and what I can't do. And the, a couple Thanksgivings ago, I, I had to get up and leave the dinner table in the middle of dinner because I couldn't sit up anymore. And I'm not sure, I mean, I might have forced myself and then just fainted, except that I knew that most of the people at the table knew that about my limitations and would understand exactly why I was getting up. And so you can help yourself ahead of time by making sure that people know your limitations and as I said and as you pointed out by letting them know that help may be forthcoming. Oh, here's where you could just park in the driveway or Oh, I'll bring dessert or, you know, so uh, sometimes asking for help has benefits that you weren't even thinking about at the time that you asked. And that's part of my, what I'm saying is that people want to help. They just don't know what to do. And so if you are proactive in that way, they'll surprise you coming up with ideas and, and you know, if you have if there, if you have friends who just are averse to helping and want to pretend that you're as healthy as they are and, and they're, um, unaccepting of your limitations, those might be friendships that you'd be better just letting go of. This is true. This is true. There's so many fish in the sea out there. Yeah. And you- I, I don't- <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not one of these people who says, oh, everything's going to just go well all the time. Everything doesn't go well all the time. Sometimes people let us down. Right. And when that happens, it happens. There may be people who we just will let go of, wish them well. We want to do it without bitterness because bitterness just comes back and bites us. Right, it does. Wish them well and stick with the people who support you. This is so true, Tony. And, you know, remember, asking for help can be your gift to others. And, Tony, I want to thank you so much. Um, Your books are available on Amazon.com. Look at Tony Bernhard, T-O-N-I-B-E-R-N-H-A-R-T-D. D B E R N H. I know I just it just didn't roll off my tongue correctly. It's hard. And <laughs> and you know you have such a wonderful gift of writing. Please check out her books and uh, let's enjoy the holidays. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.